What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the All Things Croatia podcast. I'm your host, Stan Kozovac, and I'm bringing you the best of Croatia from around the globe. This episode is brought to you by Adriatic Tours, the best place since 1974 to book your cruises, tours, flights, and simply all things Croatia. Use the personalized code ALLTHINGSCROATIA to get a special discount and book your trip to Croatia today. For more information, go to www.adriatictours.com or click the link in the description. Now eat the modalje and let's get started. All right, what's up everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. On this week's episode, we have a special guest, Damir First. Damir is a Croatian tech entrepreneur and the co-founder of Matterless Studios. A Matterless is a tech startup that innovates within the world of AR or augmented reality. In this episode, we're going to learn about what they're working on and the man behind it, Damir, thanks for coming on the podcast. It's a pleasure to be here. Awesome. Thank, Thank you for coming you. on. Um, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to talk with you about, you know, AR. I know that's a sort of a high level topic. So hopefully you'll be able to dumb it down enough for me to understand. <laughs> I just uh, upgraded my iPhone from an iPhone 6, actually just over the weekend. So I'm a little behind technology. What did you get? <laughs> I got an iPhone 11. Okay, nice. <laughs> Which is not even the newest one, but it's like four, three or four behind, I guess. But I didn't want I didn't want to go full out, you know. I'm I'm going slowly into technology. Um, yeah. Whatever <laughs> is comfortable for you, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Before we get into some of that heavier stuff, um, you know, would you mind talking a little bit about your background, you know, where you're from and you know, sort of how your life led up into you becoming this augmented reality expert? Well, um, up until I was 24 years old, I was living in Zagreb. I was born in Rijeka, grew up in Zagreb. And then at 24, I got a scholarship to go live in Japan for a year. Um, at the time I was studying, I was doing my master's degree in art history and sociology here in Zagreb. And I also got very interested in uh, Japanese. I was doing martial arts at the time. So I learned how to count to 10 and how to say left, right in Japanese. And I was like, maybe I should learn Japanese. How hard can it be? I already know everything I need. <laughs> so I ended up going to Tokyo in 2008 and spent a year there where I was learning the language, culture, uh, studying martial arts. And uh, when I came back, I was very interested in doing my master's thesis in um, Zen aesthetics. So as an art historian, I was always very interested in uh, Asian art. So I was I was also really into Zen through through martial arts and, and meditation. So I ended up doing a topic that probably nobody wrote about in like Croatia ever about Zen aesthetics. And through that, I got interested in Chinese language because Chinese language is kind of like the Latin of Asia. So China is uh, the cradle of uh, most of the culture that uh, propagated through Asia. So I ended up learning a little bit of Chinese, got interested in Chinese, started learning Chinese, and ended up in a year's time uh, getting a scholarship to go uh, study in China. So then I went to China uh, originally for a year to do my uh, Chinese and also learn some Chinese martial arts. Uh, I ended up staying 11 years in China and, and wow. I've done a bunch of different things. I've, uh, I've studied anthropology. I did a PhD in anthropology in Xiamen University. Xiamen is a city I used to live in. It's a small island town of 4 million people, uh, close to Hong Kong. 
Um, and uh, through a lot of things that I did, teaching in the university, um, doing all kinds of things, I ended up in the gaming industry because I'm also a massive nerd and I've been playing D&D since I was 14, 13 years old. So it's been a long time that I've been into Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, for those of you who don't know, the tabletop game where you get to role play characters, create puzzles, storylines and so on. And at 35, I decided I wanted to go get into the gaming industry. So I got into the gaming industry as a narrative designer, a person who designs storylines, characters, and locations, uh, also quests. Uh, if you've ever played a video game where you have dialogue, which branches off into different options, that's that's kind of what, what I did. Um, and um, I realized that uh, gaming really is my passion. So, so I've been doing that for a couple of years. Uh, last year, I came back to Croatia, uh, realized that the startup scene here is booming, that people are very much in a very different mindset than before I left. It, it, it had been 12 years since I was, I've been away, and I loved it. So uh, with a friend uh, from uh, Sweden, who I met in China, who, who lives in Hong Kong, uh, his name is Nils. Nils and I started a startup, a little startup for uh, that builds AR companions and toys in something called shared augmented reality. Uh, shared augmented reality is a way for us to all see the same thing in the same place. So by using your device, scanning a QR code within a second, you can be in a shared AR session, meaning that multiple participants can see the same thing in AR and also they can touch it by hand. So you can reach out with your hand and touch something digital and it will respond. So if you have a cute digital puppy, you can give it a scratch and it's gonna sense your touch. And, and so what's the difference then between AR and VR, virtual mm -hmm. reality? So uh, VR, if you've ever played a video game in which you have a 3D level through which you move, so Counter-Strike, a shooter like Counter-Strike or, or a, a MMORPG like World of Warcraft, any kind of role-playing game where you're moving your character around, this is a virtual world. Effectively, it's a world that you enter, uh, a different world that you enter with your character, and then you interact in these um, made-up environments. You know, So anything, you can put anything into a virtual world. It can be... Uh, a medieval dungeon, it can be a base uh, science fiction, uh, like it can be a, a sci-fi uh, starship, anything really. But the thing is, virtual worlds, they're not real. And um, VR is a way for you to kind of like enter into a different dimension. Um, so through your screen or through your goggles, you can experience a different type of reality. AR or augmented reality is a way for us to build a digital layer on top of our regular everyday material world. So AR would be uh, me sitting here at my desk and then having maybe a virtual monitor, which is not physical, but through my goggles or through my uh, phone, I can see a screen which is projected on top of my wall, for instance. So um, you can imagine the future uh, being a place where there's going to be a lot of digital content, which is in, which is going to be interactive and kind of seamlessly uh, integrated into real spaces. Mm -hmm. What are I remember last time? If that's a good definition for you. Yeah, um, yeah, good enough that I can understand it. So <laughs> I remember last time we spoke before um, we started recording the other week. You gave like sort of a real 
life application, you know, outside of the gaming world that this sort of AR can be used. And now I forget off the top of my head what it was. Um, but can you give either that one or another one? Sort yeah, of? absolutely. There are tons of examples. Uh, so, for instance, uh, AR. One of the ways in which in which we can use AR is uh, we can have. You can imagine AR kind of like a, a visual version of a radio station. So all of us uh, can have uh, headphones in and we can listen to a different radio station. And and in a way, the music on a radio station. Uh, changes your mood, right? So like if you're listening to music while you're walking around the city, uh, if it's um, some energetic, happy music or like workout music, you're going to feel more pumped up. If you're listening to, like if you recently went through a breakup and you're listening to sad music, it's going to really color your mood as you're experiencing the world around you. So with AR, we can do that, but visually. We can put uh, all kinds of content, all kinds of uh, digital virtual objects or beings in, in the world around us. So for instance, you can imagine having an exhibition, an art exhibition where you walk into a museum and it's an empty room and then you turn on your uh, AR goggles or your uh, phone through your camera and you can see digital items in the space floating around. So it can be used in the art world. It can be used in a restaurant. You could, for instance, have a uh, menu where if you scan a QR code, you can see on your device or again on your goggles, you can see the dish materializing in front of you in 3D in all its glory. So instead of looking at a photo, you can see kind of like a 3D image of a of a interactive 3D image of, of a, uh, something that you would like to order or eat in a restaurant. Uh, you can use it in education. So for instance, uh, imagine learning a language where if you go into a room, you can see everything in the room. You can see the doorway, the window, the desk, a cup on the table, a pencil. You can see it and then you can have a notation on top of it in a different language. So imagine how much easier it would be to learn a language if you would have just uh, a layer on top of your uh, everyday material world where you get to see uh, a note in a different language for every single object that you look at. Huh. Yeah, that's really cool. That's those are things I would never have thought of in a million years, you know, to to even have. But yeah, that would definitely make a lot of things easier learning, especially I like the restaurant example. That's pretty cool, actually, just to see your dish um, appear right there. Uh, mm -hmm. I want to go back to something you said earlier after the introduction. You said uh, in China, you were living in a small city of 4 million people, which is, you know, a bigger <laughs> yeah. population than all of Croatia right now. And now mm -hmm. you're back here in Croatia. Uh, what what are some of the differences in, in life? I mean, I'm sure there's plenty, but any sort of cultural shocks or co cultural differences between life in China versus in Croatia? I mean, yeah, absolutely. There are, there are like, I could talk about this for hours, you know, and especially being a sociologist and anthropologist, this is something that I'm very keenly aware of. Um, but to keep it kind of short and sweet, um, life in China is incredibly busy and bustling. Uh, people are incredibly proactive about changing their social status. So like everybody and their aunt has a, has a company, like a guy uh, making pancakes on the street has a company um everybody's like very very into uh like ch changing their social uh status so um uh, i would say people people in china are incredibly good at business they're very much uh aware of like how to negotiate how to how to deal with uh, everyday situations uh very good at connecting uh connections 
Um, they have an incredible economy, which is powered up by, you know, the government having a more long-term idea about how they want to run different types of uh, industries and um, economy. And because of that, uh, life in China has changed incredibly in the last 15 years, I would say. So when I came, when I came into China, I didn't even have a smartphone. Uh, I got my first smartphone in China. Uh, it was an iPhone at the time because I wanted to have a digital dictionary, for instance. And within a couple of years, uh, I was using my phone to buy almost anything. So in China, there's this app called WeChat, which is a uh, kind of a combination between Twitter and WhatsApp and Facebook. And um, what it does, it, it allows you to basically send money, receive money, buy a ticket for the train, for the bus, uh, for any event. You can even use it to buy uh, plane tickets or train tickets. You can use it to send uh, uh, quite large amounts of money. And I would say up to like uh, five, six thousand dollars a day to somebody else. And um, now it's integrated into multiple different types of chatting, chatting apps and, and um, social media apps as well. They, they have their own reel. They have their own way for you to kind of engage with friends. And, you know, we had that in China like 2014. So I remember one time I went to Beijing. I went to the capital and I couldn't find my wallet. So I said, screw it. I'll just use my phone. And I did. I went on a 10-day trip where I never had to use my wallet once. I was just scanning a QR code to pay or to enter a certain area. And that's how uh, China has been living for a while now. So the tech in China is pretty impressive. They really uh, changed the like everything about how people live there and um it really is affecting the way society society works and how people behave um on the other hand here in croatia there's also been uh, quite a big leap in the last 10 years but um you know after living in a in a in a country where you practically can live uh, seamlessly without using any kind of um, physical money or or uh, documents uh, in some ways it's 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 quite uh, it, it was quite a shock you know like mm -hmm. uh, here in Croatia we have something different we have uh, we have contactless payment with a card which is also pretty great uh, it's it's now accepted everywhere so that's like the immediate thing uh, about the convenience of life when it comes to culture when it comes to thinking about how humans like live their lives uh, you know China is very much like a pressure cooker so People are very, very, um, um, I would say they they feel the the need to uh, accumulate stuff and, and to be very much in the mindset of, of, of materialism. So um, a lot of um, kind of outside uh, views in China, are, you know, China is a communist country, but uh, it's really in 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 the way that people live their lives on a daily basis it's it's exactly the same as here if not worse in some ways because for instance you don't have unions you know you don't have really uh, a lot of ways in which you can uh, ask for things legally unless you know someone so mm -hmm. in a way it's it's quite uh, you know building up a network of people acquaintances that you know is is very very important in some ways it's very similar to croatia croatia in, in uh, is very much a place where it's also very important to know people to get stuff done so in that way i kind of felt in china uh, very similar that I did here. In in fact, if I compare China and Japan, 
um, I would say, you know, Japan is kind of like the Germany of uh, Asia and China is the Balkans of Asia. So in some ways we are very, very similar. Uh, <laughs> That's an interesting comparison. Um, how do you, relating it now to business, now how do you go from, you know, China where you say everything is so business oriented, everyone has their own business, um, so much more technologically advanced, you know, all these cashless transactions and everything. Now coming back here to Croatia and to Zagreb and to say, oh, there's a you know budding tech scene going on in in Zagreb. How do mm -hmm. how do you I mean how do you come from China where everything you know seems so much more advanced and in that realm quicker <laughs> back to Zagreb and and say that it's a um, you know see that it's a good place to have a tech startup. Well. Um... I, I I was very much surprised by the amount of uh, the younger population really going for building global businesses, uh, which don't have um, local limitations on on you know for instance like if you're building software you can sell it anywhere right so it's it becomes logistically much easier to build build a product for the entire world, and this is exactly what most of these people are are doing they're building. Uh, very cool, very cool solutions for multiple things. Like one of the companies that I can uh, kind of uh, mention is called Gepek, and Gepek does uh, Gepek uh, for uh, maybe for the, the your German-speaking population, they will know Gepek is basically the trunk of a car, in in kind of like bastardized German. And uh, what uh, Gepek is doing, they're doing something called uh, ride sharing for packages. So if you know BlaBlaCar, where you can just hitch a ride to another city by just simply checking who's going, they're doing the same thing for packages. And uh, for me, this was a fantastic uh, idea because um, in Croatia, we have this thing where if you were to send something to a different city and you can't use the post office because, for instance, it's the weekend, you can go to a local bus stop and you can send a driver, you can give a package to a driver, to the bus driver, and he will deliver it to somebody else for like, you know, a coffee, like two euros or something. <laughs> Right. They so, you can, yeah, you can send like a lot of um, older folk, they send their kids in the cities like food, like you know, tangerines or uh, some sort of pancetta or like any kind of like locally, locally produced stuff. And um, what these guys did is they tapped into that mind space and they decided to do the same thing. Uh, and, you know, their tagline is someone is already going. Hmm. So you can just hitch a ride, put the, put the package in the car because somebody is already going. So there are a lot of solutions like this happening right now in Zagreb, uh, where uh, not just in Zagreb, but in the, in, in the whole Croatia, where um, you can kind of see this local spirit and, 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 and our uh, way to solve problems, like having getting a tech layer. So that was, was very interesting for me. Here in Croatia, because like there, there's a lot of very innovative stuff happening, and uh, in general, I think Croats are very, very good at IT, and uh, we have like a, an amazing university for electrical engineering, and we have um, very, very, very good developers. And one of the one of the ways in which I wanted to be a part of it is by uh, after living in China for so long, staying in Croatia for a couple of years and trying to build up a business which can touch certain areas of commerce and economy and, and infrastructure here. So um, I'm not necessarily, my startup is not um, a Croatian startup. We're actually registered in Hong Kong and Switzerland, 
But simply by me being here, by the virtue of me being in Zagreb, I can try to offer some of these solutions to, for instance, Zagreb Holding, the city of Zagreb, uh, certain companies. And uh, it's it feels very gratifying to be able to try to help build the local economy and infrastructure by being here, just by virtue of being here. Well, how long ago did you start uh, Matterless Studios, your company? And what exactly are you guys working on right now? Yeah, they, uh, so Matalus builds digital toys and pets in, in Share They Are. Uh, we have uh, started, um, actually, we started a while back in 2019. Uh, we had an idea to build an, uh, an app, which is kind of like an AR ruler. And um, uh, it was for a board game called, tabletop game called Warhammer 40K. Are, are you familiar with this? It sounds familiar, but I never played it. And... All right. So uh, you have two players who collect armies and then fight these armies on a on a board, like on a big ass table. So uh, basically, what you need to do is you need to build up an army. Uh, so you need to buy the figurines. You need to get the paints because you need to paint them. You need to you need to uh, buy the books, uh, the rule books. Uh, you need to buy everything, right? And this company, this UK company, Games Workshop, uh, did a really fantastic uh, sale uh, of their products. So, what if you want to play the game, you buy everything from there. You know, the brushes, the paints, the the the, the books, and of course the figurines. And uh, we thought about that and we said, this is a really good business model. Like we want to get, we want to work with Games Workshop. So we thought about uh, a certain aspect of the game where you have a ruler on a table and then you use this ruler to like see how far some units are from other units. And uh, you use a physical ruler to like move them around. And we thought maybe we could do that in AR. Maybe we could... Uh, make sure that uh, the computer vision software that we use is recognizing uh, certain units, and then you can immediately see the distance between them. So you wouldn't have to use a, a, a ruler, a physical, a physical object. Mm -hmm. We did that for a year. We did the Kickstarter campaign. It was pretty successful. And um, after we nailed it, after we nailed the tech, we realized we can use it for much more than just a ruler app within one one game. So we realized that we can do now is we can actually precisely position things in AR. By scanning a QR code, you can effectively see the relative distance between different things within, within that uh, AR session. So when you turn on your camera, uh, something called SLAM, uh, opens up. Slam is an algorithm which recognizes feature points around uh, a certain area. So it will see the outline of a table or how far a wall is. And because of that, it can uh, uh, give you a relative distance from that, uh, from that certain uh, object. And by doing this, we realize we can create something uh, that has never been done before. We can create uh, a way for people to experience things together because we were able to uh, use that technology to have multiple devices see the same thing in the same place. And uh, of course, this is much bigger than just one game. So we decided to uh, spin out two companies. One of them is called Alkylabs and Alkylabs does this infrastructure for AR, uh, precise positioning. And then on the other hand, we have Matalus, which is creating the flagship product. So uh, the way to onboard people is by not talking about it the way I just did. <laughs> <laughs>
It's about giving them something they can really connect with. And we thought long and hard, what can people connect with a digital thing that might uh, seem real? And we realized that what uh, people really connect with is pets. So for you to kind of understand what we do is we give you a digital puppy that's on a table. You can see it through your device, but you can touch it with your hand. You don't tap the screen. You go out and reach out and touch it and it will, uh, it will have a reaction. It will interact with your hand. So it's really cool because when we see kids, kids are very good at uh, kind of immediately responding to it in an intuitive way. So, you know, we give them the phone, they look at, they, 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 they take the phone and then they just reach out with their hand to touch the puppy. Huh, so you don't need goggles or the headsets or anything. It's just through your phone. Well, it's through your phone, but of course we're getting ready for the fact that a lot of manufacturers are bringing a lot of AR goggles onto the market, which uh, for us is very exciting because, uh, you know, at this point, if you're using your phone and you see it through a camera, which you totally can, uh, it's still a little bit limiting because you have to use one hand to just kind of see through it. Mm -hmm. But the moment that the AR goggles and glasses come, it's going to be a complete game changer, in my opinion, and in the opinion of, of, of all the co-founders and people who are who are working on this. Um, once that happens, it's going to be the same as the iPhone coming and changing the way uh, mobile Internet works. So, uh, you know, 15 years ago, nobody had a phone with no buttons like you. You just didn't associate a phone with like a little magical tile that you can tap. And, and interact with the world and get everything from, you know, the latest latest uh, weather uh, report to, um, you know, any kind of knowledge about science and news. And today, everybody's using this smartphone. And it started with the iPhone. Like in 2007, the first iPhone came out. And within 15 years, it completely changed the environment of how we use the internet, what we need to access it. And we believe that the same thing is going to happen when the goggles come. Hmm. Well, yeah, you mentioned that it's also Apple, Apple uh, headset, right? Or goggles. Well, Apple is, yeah, I mean, there are rumors of Apple coming out with this. And, uh, you know, they're always very much uh, very secretive about it. So I, I couldn't comment on when they're coming. But uh, yeah, I've, I've read the news like everybody else. Mm -hmm. And you think it'll, that exponential growth will be just as fast as it was in the, you know, telephone, the smartphone um boom i guess you can say i think it's going to be faster because wow. the rate of adoption is increasing so uh i think around 2005 there was around 1 billion people uh on the internet and uh i i think now it's around 4 4 hmm. billion people which means that uh since the time we got the, the smartphone of course you know this is not the only factor but like since we got the smartphone the rate of adoption has increased because the barrier to entry is lower you know you can now buy a phone for 150 dollars that has 5g connect 4g connectivity uh some some for a couple of hundred dollars have 5g connectivity and that's that's a that's a massive massive leap uh, mm -hmm. from four to five and then of course uh, you know a massive leap from the amount of stuff you can put on that phone and how quickly it can kind of render stuff around you create create the environment around you as well and you also have a uh, podcast that you mentioned can you talk a little bit about that 
Absolutely, yeah. So um, uh, as a part of our goal to spread the ideas that we are building and working on, we created a uh, podcast called the Cyberdelic Podcast. And uh, what we talk about in the Cyberdelic Podcast is how augmenting reality is this innately human desire to share our ideas and perceptions with other people. And uh, uh, it's uh, it's quite a mind trip. We talk a lot about um, transcultural humanism, uh, how our ideas affect the way we live. Uh, we talk about the digital reality that's coming. We talk about uh, augmented reality, the technologies needed to make it a mainstream uh, way of life, AI, all kinds of crazy things that's why it's called the cyberdelic podcast so if anybody if any of your listeners are in for like a deep uh, dive uh, down a rabbit hole of what technology is bringing i think they might like it awesome well i'll have to check that out myself and i'll include a link to that in the uh, podcast description as well so people can check that out thank you well with this exponential sort of rate of adoption and you know all this new technology coming out what do you think the future of, I guess, the world, also, you know, Croatia looks like in, say, maybe 10, 15 years in terms of new technology and AR? That's that's a very difficult thing to say. <laughs> um, I know, it's, it's impossible to answer, but <laughs> I guess just in your opinion, what things do you think will, will be changed the most? Well, I think two great battlefields of uh, tech right now are something everybody's talking about, which is AI, so artificial intelligence. And another part of the puzzle is something called spatial internet. And spatial internet is, in fact, uh, you know, if you've heard about Web3, uh, you know, decentralization, um, this, is, this is the kind of stuff that uh, a lot of uh, people in the IT world are very excited about because, you know, AI is something that's very kind of close to the mind of most people. They, 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 it's been in the meta, you know, in a way, in, in, the, in the culture for a very long time. You know, we can talk about like Terminator since, since the 90s and so on. Um, but, um, you know, AI is already very integrated into a lot of processes and systems that we have. Spatial internet, not so much, because what spatial internet does, uh, will do is it's going to basically create like a real life infrastructure um, in space that you can use to interact with the internet. So, as I said earlier, you know, you might have a screen that is projected through your goggles onto a wall instead of buying a new TV. You know, you might have a character, a digital pet that you interact with in real space that serves you as some sort of a companion. You might have um, I, uh, Internet of Things, IoT connectivity with every device that you have. So that, for instance, when you come closer to your door, your door immediately unlocks because it has a, a very it has a unique uh, key that uh, only responds to either your device or actually a wearable that you have. Uh, just for that particular purpose. So uh, there's going to be machines talking to each other much more through RFID. Uh, there's going to be uh, also humans connecting with machines much more often than they do right now. And um, one of the ways that we envision that's going to work is through precise positioning of virtual objects in, in real space, uh, which you will be able to interact with. So, you know, imagine like you had a lever on the wall uh, or a socket on the wall, which is a virtual socket uh, in, in, instead of, a, sorry, not a socket, a switch, like a light switch. You know, you can turn on and off 
um, which is just position wherever you want. So imagine like, you know, you have like smart lights, but you, you can put uh, you can put a virtual uh, object like next to your bed uh, that you can just like wave your hand at and then, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna turn on and off the lights. Uh, there's gonna be also like a really big um, shift in how we kind of um, interact with space in our private, in our, in our homes. Um, for instance, if we look at uh, right now, we have a router in the house. You know, you have your Wi-Fi uh, that you can uh, access in, in in any room. Now, imagine if you had a way to position virtual objects into your into your room that only uh, you and your and the people who are in your household can see. So you walk in, you scan a QR code, and you see a bunch of notes in your space. Let's say I go for holiday. And you uh, are you want to come and help me out water my plants? So you come in, you scan a QR code, you look around, and you see all the plants in my house, and you can see in, uh, above them notes, and it says you know water this one once a week, half a glass of water. So um, or or you know you want to move a couch, and uh, you, your your girlfriend wants you to move a couch, and then you enter into the house and you see a note that says please move the couch here, right? Yeah. So this is the kind of stuff, kind of like everyday things, uh, conveniences that I think people will be very happy to use. Um, so, you know, whenever we think about how tech uh, evolves, uh, you know, a lot of people think about uh, the macro level. How does it work uh, when, you, you know, you need, to, you need to build the infrastructure, like how difficult it is uh, for engineers. But we really try to think about like what what does the end user do? You know, how does it affect my life? You know, is it is it more useful for me? Like, am I going to have uh, more time for myself to hang out with friends, uh, or am I going to be uh, like uh, annoyingly checking through manuals on on how to change you know a channel on my on my on my television set? And uh, this is why we're also building social AR. So we're building like a social experience which is uh, which which is easily accessed by multiple participants because you know you're you were asking about the virtual world yeah there's going to be a lot of applications of uh, uh, like virtual reality where you maybe play games or you have some sort of uh, design sessions where you're looking at how to build something um in 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 your own room but i i think that what humans crave the most is this sense of togetherness and through this sense of togetherness, we really connect, you know, we are now sharing a mind space, you know, we're talking together and all of our listeners, hopefully they feel engaged and interested in what we're doing. And they're sharing the same room, the same mind space with you and me. Mm -hmm. And that comes from wanting to do that in real life. So instead of creating a virtual world where you access it by yourself you sit in your room you know you see this you see the, the 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 blue flickering light of your screen while you're in your in your room by yourself in fact what we want to do is we want to bring people together so instead of us playing a game each one of us on our computer or on our goggles at home we actually want to meet and do it together so you know, humans will always crave this thing where you want to live in a nice neighborhood, you want to have greenery around you, you want to have your friends close so you can go out for a drink. And then once you do, maybe, you know, maybe we sit in a bar and, and we get a couple of drinks and um, we play this little game with the cars, which can race on top of the table and whoever loses buys the drink. Mm -hmm. You know, this is the kind of these are the kind of experiences that we're really interested in building. Uh, they bring people together. They 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 make us feel connected. And uh, 
I also think that this is kind of what the future is going to be like for most people. Like it's not going to be you sitting in a room by yourself. It's going to be a bunch of digital stuff that's just kind of floating around in space around you. And you can access it like you do a, a different radio station, depending on your mood. Huh. Yeah, we sort of hit the nail on the head with the stereotype that, you know, technology is going to make us more isolated. Um, yeah, yeah, you sort of changed my perspective on that, that it can, you know, help bring people together even more. And mm -hmm. Damir, as we're running down to our last couple seconds here, hopefully I get this off in time, but I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast and, you know, sharing sharing everything about you and your company, Matterless Studios, with me here and with all, all of our listeners. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a real pleasure. Um, I, I hope your listeners enjoy uh, what we talked about. And if they do, I would love for them to come and check out our socials. Uh, they can go to metalist.com to see what we're doing. They can find us on Discord. They can find us on Twitter. And I would love to uh, share our socials addresses with you if you don't mind in your episode to give people a chance to see what we're working on. Absolutely. I'll share all those links uh, in the podcast description so anyone can check those out. And Damir, thanks again for coming on the podcast. Beautiful. We can You can also try our app in the App Store. It's called Floorcraft Arena, and it's tiny little cars that bump into each other and go boom. Awesome. And Loser has to buy a drink. Loser buys a drink. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Damir.